this is the old show feed for the LGBTQ podcast that gives you news and views from a non-straight perspective. We took the eight out of the name, so the podcast was renamed Not Straightcast, all spelled out as of episode 32. The last episode on this old feed is episode 35. Episode 36 and beyond are now located on the new feed. All the links are located on our website, notstraightcast.com, where you can search for Not Straightcast in your favorite podcast app. Also, visit notstraightworld.com for links to all of our websites. Want to support Not Straightcast? Visit the notstraightcast.com slash store where you can get a Not Straightcast t-shirt, hat, bag, coffee mug, and much, much more. Along with getting some snazzy merchandise, your purchase in the notstraightcast.com forward slash store also helps support the show. Once again, that's notstraightcast.com forward slash store. The podcast gives you news and views from a not straight perspective. This is Not Straight Cast 21 for July 29th, 2021. Welcome to Not Straight Cast. I'm Joe Crinog. And I'm Basin Jaley. Hi, Basin. <laughs> How's it going, Joe? I'm doing well, Basin. Uh, I said, you'll be sorry you did that, Jason. <laughs> oh, I'm so, trying to avoid saying Jason. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was I, like, okay. I, I think they get it. Yeah, okay, Jason. <laughs> uh, so how was your week? Uh, it it was good, Jason. How was yours? <laughs> I'm sorry. It was Jason. I'm going to call you Jason from now on. Okay. Uh, my, my weekend was, uh, I was working this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I also, uh, painted my bedroom. My bedroom oh, nice. used to be this weird seafoam green. One wall was seafoam green. And I, yeah, you were telling me gray. about that. Nice. Yeah. So that's the excitement that's going on in my life. The campground from before, right? Unnamed campground. Yeah. The one that, uh, I didn't want to name because I had made another commitment to go back. Well, that was this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, the majority of my experience was extremely positive. I, I That's really, good. yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a pup weekend. Yeah. So did it you wear just, a pup mask? No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not a pup. I, uh, but I enjoy being around them. I kind of want to be a pup eventually here. I think. Well, you, you can, all you have to do is say things like a woo. Woof, woof. Yeah. But, uh, Ooh. so we got, uh, we rented a, a little camper. Okay. Uh, all of the cabins were full, but th- this campground has purchased some of their own campers uh, and put them around the uh, the campground. And when the the campers or when the the cabins are full, you can rent these campers. Sure, as hell beats a food truck, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was fantastic. It had air conditioning. I took oh, yeah, coffee pots. I uh, glamping. Yeah, made <laughs> made coffee. There was an entire patio in front of this thing that was just mine. Uh, and it had a table and chairs and it was, uh, the patio was sort of secluded. Jason, and I can just imagine you just sitting down in a chair, your legs brought out completely naked in front of your <laughs> camper and be like, come on in. <laughs> I spent the majority of the weekend drinking coffee next to the pool. There you go. 
Uh, it <laughs> Hell, was, that's like a that's like a dream come true for you, isn't it? Right yeah, there. that's it was it was a wonderful weekend, and uh, they did these little event uh, things like during uh, during the day on day two uh, around the pool. They were trying to raise money for different animal charities. Okay, and nice so yeah. yeah, so they had this thing uh, a bunch of guys with uh, like snare collars. Okay, and they were the dog catchers. You could pay two dollars to have them round somebody up and throw them in quote jail. Uh huh. And I uh, well, you said quote jail. What do you mean by that? Well, so the jail was fantastic. Ah. It, there was a full buffet of food and uh, <laughs> uh, mar- free margaritas and you know all that kind of stuff. Sounds so like there'd be a line into jail, huh? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know this, right? Wow. Uh, and then somebody threw me into the jail, and I'm like, you know, that's kind of annoying. I just want to sit here and drink my coffee, but whatever. I'll be a good sport about it, right? I I go in. And there's like meatballs and all this food. And I'm like, oh, nice. <laughs> and uh, I made friends with a guy that was in there uh, who also knew some of the people that uh, that I was hanging out with, you know, like Brandon from Central Outreach and some yeah. other people mm-hmm. were there. Uh, so he's like, let's grab up as many of these margaritas as we can before we go out. And I didn't want to go down the hole. I don't really drink and blah, 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 blah. So I did. I just grabbed as many of the margaritas as I could. And when we left, I just handed them out to Brandon and everybody and be like, here's some free alcohol. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. smart. Uh, so, so that way you, you, you didn't drink and right. just give away all the booze that you grabbed up. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I mean, it was the participation in that was fantastic. There was also a 50 50 and they ended up raising a shit ton of money for this animal charity. It was, it was wonderful. That's How, a smart idea. However, uh-oh, what happened? Uh, so throughout the day, everybody was at the pool, and it was yeah. fantastic. Everybody was having a good time. There were people jumping into the pool, uh, shooting each other with, like, Nerf guns, hitting mm-hmm. uh, beach balls around. It, it was wonderful. Just your normal horseplay, you know, nothing, nothing yeah. bad. Yeah. So later that evening, uh, there were a group of, of really fun bears in the okay. pool. Uh, and I was sitting outside the pool, uh, just drinking some some decaf uh, and just enjoying talking to them. Well, they started egging this one guy on. They're like, uh, he was he was sort of nervous to get in the pool. And they're like, just do a cannonball. Just jump right in and, and get it over with. And uh, so he did. And that guy from last last time. The one who uh, screamed at you? Yeah, the manager. He was nearby. Oh, God. And he like he heard them egging him on. He was he was there the whole time. Okay. He didn't say anything. He just waited and waited. As soon as the guy jumps in the pool, he flips out. What? Because water splashed out of the pool? What? He's like, he's like, you get the hell out of my pool. Get the hell out of my pool. And the guy's like, what? Like same reaction that I had. Yeah. You know, he's like, get the hell out of my pool. And so. As if that wasn't enough. So first off, the manager heard them egging him on and he could have just said, hey, guys, no jumping in the pool. You know? Just, yeah, exactly. You know. you know, like a normal person would have done. Yeah. But he waited and waited for the guy to actually do it so that he could flip out. You know what I mean? So he makes this guy get out of the pool 
And he's like, now look to your right. And there's a sign to the right that says no lifeguard on duty. He's like, read the sign. And he said, no lifeguard on duty. He's like, no, not that one. The other one, the other, he couldn't see the other one. It was around the corner. He's like, go around the corner and read the other sign. And it was a sign that said no jumping or diving. And uh, so the guy read the, the sign. He's like, no jumping or diving. He's like, yeah, that's right. Do I need a bigger fucking sign or is that big enough? And so instead maybe, of just, maybe he needed a new fucking attitude as well. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of cutting it off at the pass and at the very beginning and just saying, Hey guys, don't jump in the pool, please. You know, he chose to scream and yell at this guy who was nice as shit, like super nice guy. And then humiliate him in front of everybody. Like for a, a very low, this went on for like three or four minutes. Oh, good Lord. And so after the manager left, we went down to the hot tub and we're just sitting there like, can you believe what just fucking happened? And we just had a similar conversation to what I was just having. Like, why did he have to humiliate him like that? You know, and like all of them were like, this is my first time here and I'm never coming back after this weekend. You know, that's ridiculous. And why are we keeping the name of this campground a secret, Jason? Well, we kept it a secret last time because I had committed to going back one more time. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's Circle JJ. It's out in Sion, mm-hmm. Ohio. Yeah. Uh, and the manager's name is Dan. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I was just kind of curious here because it's kind of like, you know, like this kind of even circles back. And I'm not trying to make this about me at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it just circles back to people's behavior in general sometimes. It's kind of like, you know, people exhibit asshole behavior yeah and then you know people are like oh you know we don't want to create waves well you know screw you if you're going to just be an asshole we're going to call you out on it yeah absolutely Dan from circle jj go yeah yourself basically so dan from i mean i've never been there myself and honestly after your two stories i don't want to visit there you know and i even talked to somebody else that i'm friends with who goes to circle jj and uh they were like yeah that sounds right (laughs) so it's kind of like yeah You know, you're creating a really bad reputation for your campground. Yeah, that's not even all. First off, the no diving sign was obstructed by pool equipment. Yeah, you know what? Uh, So maybe move your fucking pool equipment over so people can actually read the warnings, you know? Maybe clean up after yourself instead of screaming at people. Yeah, and secondly, (laughs) every every pool in the world has that sign. Yeah. It's for liability purposes so that that the, uh, the establishment can't get sued if you hurt yourself. But every pool in the world has that sign, but everybody's jumping into every other pool in the world. You know so what apparently I mean? Apparently Dan is actually the lifeguard on duty then, huh? If he's screaming I, at people, right? I guess so. But what really gets me is that he just, he waited. Instead of cutting it off at the beginning and, and just saying something, he sat there and waited. And it's almost like he festered. Like, oh, that guy better not jump in the pool. Oh, I'm going to say something if he jumps in the pool. Instead of just like saying, hey guys, no jumping. Like that right? would have been the end of it. Like, hey guys, no jumping. Yeah. You're like, hey, you know, um, I saw you jump in there, you know, just be careful, you know, something like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like throw him on notice, but not too bad. Towards towards the end of the interaction, he was like, five years ago, I had a guy break his leg here, and I'm not about to let that happen again at my campground, blah, 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 blah. Accidents are going to happen. You can't punish everybody for the rest of your life just because one person did something wrong, you know. That is really good advice for a lot of things, Jason. Uh, another another example. 
they have an outdoor shower there, right? Yeah. Apparently a year or two ago, mm-hmm. somebody walked away from that shower and Left didn't it turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so he You so, read the sign. Yeah. Turn so on the shower after use. <laughs> he replaced the uh the shower handles with push button activators. Oh what that what a own, fucking asshole. Seriously, yeah, that's useless. That own they only keep the water on for three seconds. Jesus so you, you can't wash your back because you press the button, turn around, and the water goes off. Uh, so because one person, well, you know, it, I think it's probably safe to say that it probably has happened from time to time. Right. Uh, because th- it happens. People are dumb. Uh, but because that happened, he's now punishing all the campers from from this point forward. All of them. They can't get a. They can't wash their backs. You know, man. But yeah. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's it's ridiculous. What's their tagline of their campground? Come here to be punished. Yeah, come here to be punished for things that other people have done in the past. Right. I imagine just the owner just in the full leather get up and a whip. No, it's it's like (laughs) just just whipping people as they come in. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Yeah, that's that's what it would seem like. But yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, uh ruin everybody else's enjoyment. And there are signs everywhere about what what you can't do. Uh like you go in the bathroom and it literally says there's a sign. No pooping or peeing. No, it says (laughs) if you're going to be sick, go outside. Oh, it's like, why does that need to be said? For Christ's sakes. Oh my God. I mean, yeah. would, wouldn't you rather them throw up in the toilet? You know? Yeah. What what if they get sick sitting down yeah. on the toilet? You know, it happens. And then there are some indoor showers, and it says, please don't take long showers. Our our water is limited or something if you're, like if that. If you're gonna be dirty, go outside. Yeah. And <laughs> the like, uh oh. uh the urinals, the water is shut off. No pissing in the toilets. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, it's like, so anytime anybody does something that slightly annoys him, it seems like he changes the rules or like takes away that privilege for everybody. You no know? sleeping on the campground. No, no, no sex anywhere. <laughs> in the camps. No, no yeah. uh, I'm trying to think of new rules here we can come up with. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, I would love to buy that campground. Oh my God. The things that I would change. So, so you could just then sit there and scream and yell at people to get the fuck out. <laughs> no, I would be, I would be a good owner. I would make that place way more accommodating and welcoming and make it feel a lot less like I'm about to break a rule every time I do anything. Yeah. That's not a good situation to be in there. You know, you're on vacation, you know? Yeah. So like at Roseland, they, they have a bar next to their pool, you know, and, and they don't want you bringing drinks in from outside. Right, but you can buy drinks there and consume them and everything there, and I think that a lot, a lot of it has to do with uh, liquor laws and everything. Yeah, it's it's the liquor bo- liquor laws and liability. So they got their liquor license. These other campgrounds don't have their liquor license. Yeah, so like for example, like you know, but if you bring in like bottled water in a cooler, they're, they're not going to say anything, you know, right? Because it's right. pretty much bottled water. But yeah, you know, but if they see you know you like drinking something out of an unnamed, you know bottle or something there and they know it's not from there they're 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 gonna be like hey can you put that away kind of thing they're gonna be real nice about it you know right but in that case or yeah i mean there's ways to do things right the people are breaking the rules and there's ways to not do things right and it sounds like circle jj they need to really get a hold of whoever you know this guy is the owner i guess 
I don't know. I he, I've he heard him either, referred you know, to as the manager. Yeah. So that's a really good question there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the manager, the owner, whoever the hell this person is, who's just making everybody's life a living nightmare. They need to, you know, they need to do something different there. Because yeah. that kind of behavior starts catching up with you after a while, you know. Yeah. I mean, not at first, but you know, like people are like, "Oh, I'm not going to go here again." And it's going to happen to another person, another person. You're just going to exponentially make things worse for yourself as time goes on. Oh yeah. You're having a bad day, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but uh, you'll lose the people that witnessed or experienced it, and then you'll lose the people that they would have recommended and brought with them next time. Yeah, I mean, like, let me give you an example here, Jason. I mean, like, normally when people go online to write reviews, they're usually going online to write reviews because you pissed them off so badly that they feel like they need to have a voice in the whole entire situation. Yeah. And that is more damaging than anything else, you know? Absolutely, I agree. However, there is an opposite to that. There are occasions when you make somebody so happy or they've had such an incredibly good time Exactly. That they'll go on and write a positive review. But mm-hmm. if you're not getting any of those, then you're doing something wrong. Right. So um, getting away from this whole entire uh, campground saga shit. <laughs> yeah. I think now is a good time to get into the news. All right. So our first story today here on uh, Sunday, July 24, thousands of people defiantly marched in the Budapest Pride Parade solidarity against anti-LGBTQ legislation in Hungary. This year's Budapest Pride was more of a protest than a parade, and we can definitely relate to that here in Pittsburgh, as it came on the heels of a new law banning the promotion of LGBTQ issues in schools. The law also established a government-approved list of sex education providers in schools and banned any LGBTQ content in advertising or media, which could be seen by minors. That's Sounds so like a lot dumb. of stuff that's happening in Russia right now, huh? Yeah, that's gross. So the new law is just the latest in a long series of attacks on the LGBTQ rights in Hungary by their prime minister and his party. Previous attacks, including outlaw civil unions and same-sex adoption, to even launching a bid to illegally erase trans people. Oh, my God. The protests kicked off at 2 p.m. and thousands of queer Hungarians marched alongside their allies through the streets of central Budapest waving pride flags, and holding placards. Although at least two counter-protests were set up to oppose Budapest pride, they were minuscule in comparison to the march itself. At one, a handful of protesters gathered under the signs that read Hetero Pride Budapest, and at another, Biggest shouted Dirty Gays and ban it. I would kind of like it if somebody shouted Dirty Gay at me. Yeah, and they are probably all like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Be like, yes, I am dirty. <laughs> Many foreign diplomats joined in the parade, including members of the European Parliament from Ireland and Belgium. Irish MEP Maria Walsh said in a video posted to social media, We are here to shout from the rooftops that fundamental human rights and equality are principles of the European Union, and therefore need to be respected and supported by Orban and Fidesz here in Hungary. Belgian MEP Assista Kanko was also at the march and shared a photo of her hugging a stranger. Oh, yeah, I know. So, stranger so, hugs. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy that uh that things are still going so bad in Budapest. You know what? I mean, I'm 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 not sure if this is an appropriate connection to make here, but I think Donald Trump 
maybe a little bit behind this here, you know, especially what happened here in the U.S. It kind of like it seems like just his illness yeah. that he brought to the U.S. just has like just spread across the whole entire world. Yeah. That it became okay again, you know. It seemed like we were making such progress, and now we're ending up all these totalitarian factions everywhere, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I blame him for it, you know. Yeah. Well, he uh, he appealed to all of the bigots, the homophobes, everybody, and yeah, it when became okay all of a sudden. It be- was, yeah, exactly. Such a bad thing when you basically release that floodgate. Yeah. All of a sudden, now you know. Okay, apparently it's okay everywhere. Yeah, now we've got to wait for 10 years to like work back to what we were at in 2000, you know, 2008 to 2015. Right. Uh 2000, you know, throughout the the Obama administration. And uh we've also got to, you know, th- how do I want to say this? It's not going to sound good either way. Things will get better as some of the older bigots die. <laughs> You can say that up to a certain point, I think, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, because not everybody who's older is a bigot. Keep that in mind. Well, no, no. I just I, older, I, I older think, bigots specifically. But there's new younger bigots coming in to replace the older bigots. That's the problem with that theory. That's, yeah, that is true. I, I, I know what you're saying. And yeah. I wish that was completely true. And most people do. And I think they think that's, you know, the truth. But no, it's just, I mean, you're basically always going to have to keep fighting against it. You know, it'd be yeah. like, oh, why isn't racism gone? Right. Because there's new racist, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, that's not what you want to have happen. But unfortunately, that's the honest truth. That's what happens. Yeah. In this case, they just get replaced by younger ones, you know? That's true. Otherwise, conservatism would be dead, you know? <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I uh, I think that in conjunction with, you know, working, working to reestablish the momentum that we had uh, five years ago. Yeah. I uh, it, it, it'll eventually help to suppress some of those people after, you know, years and years of showing that it's not going to be tolerated. Absolutely. Absolutely. So skateboarding is making its debut at the Tokyo Olympics this year. Uh, and leading the charge for LGBTQ representation are Alana Smith and Alexis S- Sablone. Sablone is a queer artist from Brooklyn and she first caught the eye of the skating world as a 16-year-old in 2002. Despite the difficulty of establishing herself as a woman in skateboarding, Sablone blazed her own trail and eventually took the X Games by storm, racking up three gold medals, two silvers, and two bronzes. Uh, outside of her sport, Sablone earned a master's degree in architecture from MIT and found work designing skatable public sculptures in Sweden and Brooklyn. How awesome is that? Is like yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say, isn't that really cool? It's like doing what you love for a living, yeah. you know? This person, this person is my hero. Smart so, and cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She took the X Games, uh, or she got she got all of those medals in the X Games. I know. Master's degree in architecture. It's it's incredible. Such an overachiever, but hey, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, at least you're cool while you're doing it, you know? Yeah. And if you are, uh, if you're looking for some new skate shoes, she also has a Lambda patterned and rainbow accented pride skate shoe in partnership with Converse. You're in love, Jason, aren't you? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> uh, so her teammate, uh, uh, Alana Smith impacted the sport by entering their name in history books at a young age. 
As a 12-year-old, they took home the silver at X Games Barcelona in 2013. Stylistically, Smith has broken barriers as the first woman to land a McTwist and the first to perform a backflip in competition. Yet, despite those history-making moments, they don't want to be defined by their gender. Smith stated, I don't want to be known as a good female skateboarder. I just want to be known as a good skater, someone that made a difference and gender shouldn't matter. Oh, by the way, FYI, the uh, McTwist machine is broken, so... <laughs> you're you're on timeout. <laughs> you're <right. laughs> oh my oh, god! So funny. anyway, uh, skateboarding finally finally debuted at uh, the Tokyo Olympics. To recap here, yeah, uh, and New we've event. got we've got two incredibly incredibly impressive uh, competitors in skateboarding who also belong to the LGBTQ community. It's inc- I think it's fantastic. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully they do well. These Olympic games are going on right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Have you been keeping up with the Olympics this year? This year I've not. No, I'll be completely honest with you there. Me either. I keep forgetting they're happening. You know, and it's just one of those cases. I've not watched a lot of TV because I've been very busy around my apartment getting everything back in order. I've been able to watch a little bit of TV, but with uh, with everything that's been going on, the, the camping, the new job, uh, parents visiting and everything, it's mostly just been like a show that I like at night before bed. Uh, just but I just turn on right before you go to sleep then, yeah. Yeah, watch an episode or two, uh, whatever's on the DVR, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but the Olympics I haven't been paying much attention to. Uh, but, in, you know, in all fairness, in addition to everything else going on, I've been very busy uh watching dan flip out on people for jumping in pools as well right. <laughs> could you imagine him at the olympics <laughs> oh my dear lord no no diving <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that would screw up that whole entire event huh yeah yeah oh my god yeah indeed oh man anyways um so switching gears here back to politics somewhat somewhat yeah yeah out transportation secretary pete Buttigieg isn't just excited about infrastructure because it is, you know, he's the transportation secretary. Oh yeah. The idea of outer space also gets him ready to pack his suitcase and hit the road. I'm not sure how that works going to space. I don't think going to space <laughs> on a road, but exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. there's a, nope, there's no roads. All right. <laughs> During an event at the economic club in Washington, DC, he stated, I would go up in a heartbeat. I think it's such exciting stuff. Be the judge. Uh, revels in his reputation as a geek and doesn't shy away from his love for science and policy ideas. His husband, Chaston, is a former school teacher. The Office of Commercial Space Transportation is part of Judge's department, and he said that the launch indicates that government regulations for the safety of passengers obviously need to be needed soon. Pete said, I think there will be a lot more where this came from. He said, everyone understands it will be a while before with the level of commercial air travel where you should have 100% expectation of the safety on board. But whatever risks to those early travelers decide they're going to take on, we've got to make sure that there's no risk to people on the ground and in the airspace. It's very exciting. But one of the many things across the 2020s we're going to have to grow into because we weren't just designed for a lot of private space travel. But speaking for himself, Peter Judge appears willing to take the risk. 
that's, you know, that's something that I would not have started to think of yet, but I mean, it's smart. So that's going to happen probably in the next few years. I mean, considering yeah. Bezos and uh, Richard Branson and all them have, you know, decided to get in their own private dick capsules and absolutely. Fly up in space. Did you see, <laughs> did you see the, uh, the meme that everybody's sharing on Facebook? Since we have so many mutual friends, I assume that sometimes we, we come across the same thing and it says, I, uh, what if UFOs are just billionaires from other planets? Right. <laughs> no, like the big old comparisons between Bezos rocket and Dr. Evil's rocket from Austin powers. Oh yeah. You know, it just, just kind of made me laugh because his spaceship did kind of look like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> flying in space. Oh my God. People are like, Oh, you know, look like, look at him designing a ship and it's basically about like a bunch of penises on a piece of, uh, you know, rolled paper. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But but yet uh, in regards to this article uh, or this story, there are going to have to be a lot of like um, standards and procedures and bureaucracy that are going to have to go into this if it becomes something that more and more people are doing. Do Uh, do you uh, do you know what I want to see, though? I'm not sure if you saw the picture of Pete Buttigieg without a shirt on. I guess he was training for looks like a marathon of some sort, possibly or triathlon or something. like that. I did not see that. Yeah. And boy is built. I tell you what. Um, so yeah, if he could go up to space shirtless, I think that would be a winner. Find that picture and then I uh, post it on our Twitter account so that everybody can go look at it after they listen to this. Okay. <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening, uh, by the time you hear this, it will be up on Twitter. You can go to, uh, to our Twitter account and check that out. Let me put a note in here. <laughs> Post picture of uh, of uh, shirtless Peter Judge. Do you know how to spell that? To Twitter. Here, I misspelled the word post. <laughs> <laughs> Let me fix that. There we go. Do you, do you see it there in our notes? Uh, no, I'm down on uh, on my story here. Oh, okay. Which, I see. So let's get into that. This story. I actually, I was sitting by the pool with uh, that guy from inside the puppy jail. Uh, his name's Angel. Okay. And we're sitting there talking and he was looking you sure at his phone. sure it wasn't phone. Dan? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're sitting there talking and he's like, oh my God, did you see this story? And shows me this headline that I'm about to read. And I was like, oh, I was like, do me a favor and send that to me because I do a podcast and this story needs to go in there. But you had already put it in. So win-win great minds think like jason yeah. but of course dan probably was there is like no sharing your stories <laughs> one time a guy shared a story and broke his leg so now nobody right. can do it god for it's the rest of theme isn't it? for the for the rest of my life no more story sharing oh god <laughs> uh, so let's so let's get into this uh jeffrey burrell from the u.s catholic church resigned after cell phone data ad- obtained through a broker appeared to show he was a frequent user of the gay dating app Grinder, which I don't know why I had to specify gay dating app as if anybody listening to this doesn't know what Grinder is. Gay dating app? Tinder. <laughs> yeah. The, the gay dating app Hoagie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would like a hero in my bed. Yeah. So it's, it's humorous because we, you know, we caught the priest on Grinder. Uh, but 
it also sort of reignited privacy concerns about who has access to consumers' digital records. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because the uh, the paper who exposed this pillar. Yeah. Yeah, they just purchased it from a broker, apparently. Yeah. They they didn't admit that, though. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll skip ahead a little bit. The last sentence of this uh, of this story is, it wasn't immediately clear how the pillar obtained the data. <laughs> but... Uh, Apparently they purchased it through a broker and they were able to basically see what ID that he had used. And so they kind of basically were able to then kind of like fill in the missing dots there. So like he was at one location and he's another location. Yeah. Probably figure out who it was. Well, in addition to the use of grinder, the data from this broker from the phone also indicated that he visited gay bars in several cities between 2018 and 2020. Usually, I mean, and this guy was very, you know, um, famous for, you know, going and instituting a lot of the anti-LGBTQ things that have been going on. Yeah. You know, with the um, with the church, you know, and the conferences and everything there. Right. I'm just absolutely amazed that one is that that data was so easily accessible that pretty much a third party could go and do that there and, yeah, you know, figure out all this here from that. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that privacy privacy concern on one hand. But on the other hand there, it's kind of like, don't be a hypocrite and you wouldn't have these problems. Right. Absolutely. Well, he, you know, if if this hadn't gone public, he wasn't even going to resign. Right. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. It says here that uh, that he resigned uh, after the staff had learned that the media was planning on releasing this information. Right. Yeah. But uh but yeah, so that's that's crazy. And it also says here privacy experts have long voiced concern about the ease in which anonymous data can be used by data trackers to determine a person's identity based on the location, time, and activity, all of which can be collected through permission granted when an app is installed. So when you first install Grinder and you're clicking, you know, allow this and allow that, and you're you're clicking OK on the terms of service and the EULA, all of that sort of stuff you're sort of kind of giving permission for this as well. It's amazing how people can comprehend all these complicated things, but then can't comprehend simple stuff. Yeah. Like I'm going to be giving up a little bit of my privacy if I put this app on my phone. Yeah. But I have to, to be able to, to be able to actually use the app to its actual potential or usefulness. Well, it's not completely their fault. Uh, because security researchers have also found that apps are collecting more data than users are led to believe. And uh, according to a report in 2019, the report found that more than 1,000 apps were taking data even after users denied them permissions. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's no good. You know, it's like, you know, it'd be like an app needs contact your phone list, but doesn't you know, do anything context wise. It's kind of like, why? Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's still the wild, wild west sometimes when it comes to this kind of stuff there. I, found, I imagine through time. Yeah. Because I never, you know, like maybe five, 10 years ago, we weren't even ever talking about location data and stuff like that. And, right. You know, we weren't ever even talking about these things. So the fact that it's now coming out that, you know, it's definitely becoming more important. And, uh, you know, it's exposing those hypocrites and getting them into trouble. But, you know, 
Well, absolutely. You so agreed the, uh, to use the app. Yeah, I mean, did you think there was never going to be any negative consequences from using the app? Right. Well, the government and uh, private analyst firms are tracking our location at any given time, and we have no privacy. So I think it's time for a break. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, all right. Coming up next, Little Nas X has sincerely apologized to the LGBT community. The importance of LGBTQ-owned cafes as sober queer spaces, and an unchristian-like moment of conclusion as Not Straight Cast continues after this. If ensuring speed and security for your websites is a top priority for you, then search no further than Vox Onyx's shared website hosting plans. Vox Onyx uses SSD-powered servers and provides numerous site acceleration tools that will make your websites load noticeably faster. Additionally, Vox Onyx has deployed ZFS data storage to shield your website contents from corruption. Also, Voxonics will manage the task of migrating all the websites you need to their system at no cost to you. Get started with a free 30-day trial. You don't even need a credit card at voxonics.com. That's V-O-X-O-N-X.com. Afterwards, it's only $4.42 per month. Visit voxonics.com to get started now. Welcome back to Not Streetcast. So uh, while you were on your little break there, did uh, Dan yell at you for uh, being and getting coffee? Well, my roommate made some chicken nuggets and left like most of them on top of the stove because he only eats a little bit. And, uh, so I grabbed a handful of those. But if Dan was there, he probably would have just taken all the rest of them and thrown them in the garbage and said, those aren't yours. You can't have them. <laughs> No chicken nuggets during the podcast. No chicken nuggets during the podcast for the rest of my life. All right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, okay, so we have a little more news to cover here, so let's go ahead and get back into this here. So Lil Nas X came up with that new uh, video, Industry Baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he sincerely apologized to the LGBTQ community for not asking Jack Harlow to go gay for pay. <laughs> <laughs> So the video, which dropped after a skit the rapper created, uh, satirizing his uh, Nike Satan Shoe Saga, featured a remarkable number of naked men in a steamy queer dance scene in the prison's shower room. You've probably seen that picture at this point, huh? I have, yes. Yeah, I think we all have. Anyways, <laughs> so but to the disappointment of many, Harlow, who's featured on the song and helps Lil Nas X break out of Montero State Prison for the video, remains clothed throughout. But following the video's release, Harlow took to Twitter to explain. Nas wrote the whole entire treatment for this video, and I followed his lead every step of the way. If he had asked me to be in that shower scene, I would have been in that shower scene. I just let the mastermind cook. Honored to be a part of it. So Lil Nas X responded by saying, Wait, I didn't know. Let's shoot it again. Please, Jack Harlow, please. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. As fans took social media, declaring they would never forgive the artist for not putting Harlow in the steamy shower scene. 
Lil Nas X issued a necessary apology to the LGBT community by tweeting to the LGBTQ community. I sincerely apologize. I have failed you. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. And I will learn from my mistakes. Although they struggled with one old queen insisting they would have to meditate and pray on the inexcusable transgression, the LGBTQ community somehow found it in their hearts to forgive him. Alongside the release of the iconic new single and video, Lil Nas X has been using a song, Industry Baby, to raise money for the Bell Project, a national nonprofit organization on a mission to end cash bail, one of the key drivers of mass incarceration and structural racism in the U.S. criminal legal system. He said in a statement that music is his way to fight for liberation and it's his act of resistance, but acknowledged that true freedom requires real change in how the criminal justice system works. So the Bell X Fund has raised more than $21,000 since it was launched. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good that he's uh, using that to raise money for a good cause there because definitely, you know, we definitely have to root out the systematic racism in any place we can possibly find it. And that's one of the places where it unfortunately still exists. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the bail system and for-profit uh, institutions, uh, there are kind of a lot of different factors, but you can't take them all on at the same time. Trying to knock out uh, the bail system is a huge task. Uh, and it seems like he's bringing a lot of awareness to it. And he said that every time it's like, oh, my God, he's gay. He gets 10% care. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Just going to keep making more and more money for this bail project. And that's a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about. Uh, some queer accessible spaces. You and I have actually uh, discussed this a little bit with uh, like th- the idea that I love of like a sober bar, uh, things like that. Well, you know, uh, this- and what's funny though, I have to say something here with that is that yeah. I, you know, I really was kind of against the idea at first, but I've started to come around to the idea and I think actually this is a great idea now. Yeah. Well, the more and this and more is, I've thought about it. So this is different, but uh, it's, it's another sober queer space. So uh, there's a guy named Andrew Zaro in uh, Portland, Maine, and he's the owner of uh, Little Woodford's, which is an LGBTQ coffee shop. And he's also the the council person there in Portland, Maine. Uh, And in both positions, he has big plans for his community. Uh, Zaro believes that queer spaces are lacking in Portland and believes that this is a problem that needs to be worked on as a community. Little Woodford's opens every day at 7 a.m., and it closes around 3 or 4 in the afternoon. They don't serve alcohol, but as Zara puts it, customers can have all the caffeine and house-made ice cream sandwiches they want. Mm. Yeah, so he wants to change the perception of what a queer space is. In his opinion... When someone thinks of a queer space, they think of a nightclub or a bar. And I, I share that opinion. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people do, you know, because for a long time, that's where the whole entire gay community was centered around, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So when uh, when we talk or think about going out to like a gay space, we don't, especially here in Pittsburgh, we don't think of, you know, queer coffee shops or, you know, places like that. It's not really where the community gathers uh, to get together and meet one another, you know. Uh, And so for younger members of the LGBT community, going out to a gay or lesbian bar uh, has almost been like a rite of passage. Mm -hmm. But 
amid the rise of sober curious, uh, of the sober curious movement, and as more people practice mindful drinking, many queer folks are looking for places where they can still feel the same sense of community while taking an occasional or permanent reprieve from alcohol. And so that's where a new generation of queer-owned and LGBTQ-friendly coffee shops are, are stepping in. Growing up as a queer Black woman in Louisville, Kentucky, not me, but Arielle Clark, said that she felt like there were certain milestones she wanted to meet to feel at home in the community. She wanted to attend Kentucky Pride and meet other LGBTQ people, and then she wanted to get into some kind of gay bar or nightclub because that's where everyone spent time on the weekends. And I can empathize with that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So like when when Pittsburgh Pride was was downtown, people didn't congregate. The, the queer folk didn't congregate at the coffee shop on the corner of of eighth, uh, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, they all. They all congregated at the gay bars on that street, you know, yeah. and it was all about alcohol. Uh, there weren't any other big community spaces on that street. So, I mean, I absolutely empathize with with the way that she was feeling. Uh, but once she reached college, she began dreaming about creating a visibly queer gathering space outside of the clubs one that was far more diverse than what she'd seen at Kentucky Pride and area bars, which she described as being filled with predominantly white patrons. In 2019, she established Sis Got Tea. Clark's business is currently online, but she's in the midst of crowdfunding to raise money to open a physical location. And she's got her eyes on spaces close to the University of Louisville, and already has plans for the kinds of events she'd like to host in her space, like open mic nights uh, for queer erotica, dance classes centered around body acceptance, tastings with local LGBT owned, uh, with a local LGBT owned co uh, chocolate shop. <laughs> coffee, 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 huh? coffee, coffee, coffee. <laughs> uh, the mind, huh? Yeah. So we've got, uh, We've got Andrew Zaro. He's got this this cute queer coffee shop in Portland, Maine. Uh, we've got uh, Ariel Clark. She's opening up uh, a physical location for her tea, uh, which would be a queer space hosting queer events. And so we've got more and more of these sort of like sober queer community spaces popping up. And uh, in regards to Ariel Clark, She's raising money for her physical location with the help of the local community, and her GoFundMe currently has raised, as of the time of this writing, uh, almost $8,000. And if you want to check that out, uh, it's SisGotTea, S-I-S-G-O-T-T-E-A. You can find that on GoFundMe. Uh, but No, that's absolutely, yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad to see that this is starting to become a much more popular idea. Yeah, the lower business out there is that do it, and apparently they're successful. You know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, Andrew uh, Zaro. Um, you know, he he always joked that this was for the morning gays. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean that makes sense. So. Yeah. You know, if you want to go get wasted after 10 p.m., 
there are a ton of queer spaces to do that. But if you want to wake up at seven o'clock in the morning and go to a queer space for your coffee before work, there's not a whole lot of spaces for that, you know? Exactly. So he's, he's right. It's, it's for the morning gaze and <laughs> the mid afternoon gaze. Get drunk on uh, ice cream sandwiches. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but for, uh, for both Clark and Zaro, continued queer visibility is important in their communities, especially as the pandemic has caused many already struggling LGBTQ owned gathering spots to close. And also simultaneously, former president Donald Trump worked to weaken LGBTQ protections. So in addition to providing sober spaces, we're also fighting against all of the, uh, you know, the pandemic and the, uh, the weakened protections, all of that. So kudos uh, to Clark and Zaro for what they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's like, I mean, I hate to bring this back to a bar, but I mean, Pittsburgh, let's see, one, two, three, at least three bars disappeared during the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, um, you know, then other bars kind of just modified the way that they do business, you know, so it's made uh, things quite interesting for the bar that I work for. They become basically a lot busier. Yeah. Well, and before the pandemic, we lost two as well. So we lost two during the pandemic, or we lost two before the pandemic even started. That's right. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good thing there. I think, Mike, there's going to be a lot more diversity. You know, things are going to yeah. be centered around alcohol. And that's good, you know, for the community as a whole who struggles with addiction problems. Yeah, absolutely. You know, is it because of the bars? Good question, you know. Once you start involving alcohol, you know, well, you're sort of right about that. Yeah. Uh, if I want to go out and if I want to interact with people and have some social uh, social interaction from within my own community, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go to one of these bar events. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, should it be that way? I don't think so. You know, so, yeah, you know, these sober spaces should definitely be more of a thing. Right. And I get what uh, what Zara was saying about having this be sort of for the morning gaze. But I would also welcome an evening time space, even if it were just a coffee shop, it doesn't have to be a sober bar. Even if it were a queer coffee shop that stayed open until midnight or one o'clock and maybe had some events in there, I would go to those events. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just hoping that this idea just starts to gather steam, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely. becomes a normal thing, you know? So where you have your gay bars and you have your gay coffee houses and, you know, absolutely or your sober spaces. And, you know, I sincerely hope that it succeeds. You know, like I said, like during the last time I was, you know, expressing some concerns as from a business standpoint, but there's a ton of coffee houses out there that are neither gay or, you know, that, that don't really identify with any, you know, gender or anything. And they do fine, you know, indeed. Uh, do you know what time it is? It is time for the The Not Straight Cast Moment of Conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> but Christian theater company artist says he was forced out for being gay. Shocker. I know, right? Uh, um, hello, you work in theater, you know. <laughs> you better be able to put up with the gays. Yeah, theater is like the gay safe space. Right. You know, but apparently not in this case here, huh? Yeah. 
Apparently not. So during his 12 years working for Christian Youth Theater, uh, Rockford man Andrew Mahan said he became an ally for students who uh, didn't always feel that they fit in. And he said, I had countless students constantly sending me emails and messages saying, hey, I am gay or I am trans or this or that. I always feel safe around you when I do shows. I always audition for shows because I know you're on staff and I feel safer with you. Uh, so that ended in 2018 when he said uh, CYT Chicago leaders gave him two options, either resign or have his employment terminated. Uh, from what Mahan was told, the parent of a student at CYT Rockford uh, discovered a poster of a Rockford drag show that had his picture on it and notified a company area coordinator. So, so why would that person discover the poster? Huh? That's, yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's kind of like when you get caught on grinder, it's like, well, right. why, yeah. why were you on grinder in the first place to catch me? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh man. So uh, he said, one of the board members spoke to me and she said, you know, we're a Christian company and, you know, our standpoint on homosexuality and the board is moving for your removal. So I decided to bow out quietly. Uh, so CYT Chicago drafted a statement to staffed members saying that he had left the company for work opportunities in Chicago, uh, which is a statement that uh, uh, Andrew Mahan denies, of course, because it's not yeah. true. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, they, they want to make themselves look good. Yeah. Hypocritical well, Christians, you know. And initially he didn't want to cause a stir either. Uh, he kept the reason for his departure secret until earlier this month. And keep in mind, you know, it's been since 2018. Yeah. So he's he's kept quiet about it from 2018 up until earlier this month. Uh, and that's when he went public in the wake of a new uh, CYT Chicago policy towards LGBTQ students and staff and hearing from former students he mentored. So this new policy uh, from the company aligned itself with traditional beliefs of God, the Bible, sexuality, marriage, human identity and gender, and it also ordered that speech and behavior of students, parents, and staff must comply with a biblical standard, at least while on site and for the duration of CYT Chicago programs in which the families and students are participating. So basically, even if the students have to abide by it the whole time they're at school and on the premises, the parents also have to abide by it when they come to watch a show or, you know, something like that. This sounds like a perfect job for Dan. Yeah, that would be a fantastic job for yes. Dan. Uh, biblical enforcer. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Standards. Standards. Uh, what do I want to say? Do you see that sign? Gatekeeper. No homosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> do I need to get a bigger homosexuality sign? <laughs> right. Oh my God. Oh God. Yeah. So I, uh, uh, May, uh, Mayhan responded with a lengthy, passionate Facebook post criticizing the contract and also sort of came out and broke his silence about why he left uh, CYT Chicago. He should have a long time ago, but I mean, 
late. Yeah. Yeah. Better late than never, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so looking back at his time with CYT Chicago and Rockford, he says that the theater company became less and less of a place for teens who didn't fit social norms uh, anyway. So these days he's running his own theater company in Rockford with his mother, Ellen, uh, who is also a former employee of CYT Chicago and he named it Gateway Arts and it's Gateway Arts mission statement is at Gateway. We see you and we meet you where you are. Uh, so Mahan said, we've been going strong. Uh, and after we both left, a lot of students left CYT and actually joined uh, the new theater company just because they didn't feel accepted. It just amazes me why, you know, of all places, a theater company, a Christian theater company would you know, yeah. decide to keep that rigid about, you know. If they want to keep the gays from being gay, they're going to have to just discontinue theater at CYT Chicago. Or if they do it with all straight people, imagine how bad the productions would be. Oh my God, I know. Could you imagine? Uh, could you imagine a production run by Dan? Yeah. What <laughs> <laughs> would call the show? Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah, I'm about to call the cops. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. I think we've talked enough about Dan today. I think we should probably wrap it up. We should. Yes. So. All right. So, subscribe to us where all great podcasts are sold. Also. Check out NotStraightCast.com, which has links to our previous shows, our Facebook, Reddit, and Twitter pages, our Discord server, the NotStraight.store for blogs, news, and more. And if you like us, please leave a five-star review in your favorite podcast app. We want to thank you very much here for listening to NotStraightCast. And as always, until next time, have a not straight one. Yeah. <laughs>